Witness Docs from Stitcher. A note to our listeners before we get started. This story contains descriptions of assault and sexual violence. And the show is serialized, so if you haven't heard the previous episodes, go back and listen. It's like there was a little me locked inside, feeling so bad about everything. The little me was desperate, but the big me couldn't respond. And I was feeling really angry and I decided I couldn't just forget and keep going with my life because if that person really did something, he had to be punished for what he did. I'm Natasha Del Toro, and this is Verified. To catch you up, after their devastating trip to Italy, Maria and Miriam returned home to Portugal and got to work. They spent weeks investigating Leonardo, Googling him and checking out his whole online presence. They were trying to figure out what happened to them in his apartment in Padua. And then, finally... Buried in all of his positive couchsurfing reviews, Miriam found this. I remember going to his profile and just seeing that somebody left a very bad review. And I immediately called or messaged Maria. I was like, oh my God, you have to go to his profile. Look at what is happening. I go there and I read and a girl was telling a story that happened to her and her friends, and it was identical to ours. The young woman who wrote the bad review was warning people to stay away from Leonardo, that he had drugged her and her friends. This review proved what Maria and Miriam already knew deep down. Leonardo did this to them. And now they wanted to make sure that he didn't get away with it. And that's when Maria decided to take her story to the police to report him. I went to the police in my city and I told them what happened. And it didn't go so well because they kind of made fun of me. They were like, okay, you're a girl, you're 21 years old, you go travel with other girlfriends, you want to sleep at people's houses for free, you go out with them at night and have drinks, and then you get drunk, and then you put the blame on on the guy who is hosting you. Not only did the police dismiss Maria's story, they even suggested that she's the one to blame. What just happened there? That's just one of the many reasons women don't come forward. And they didn't feel like writing down my complaint. And then I insisted that I really wanted to report this person. And they were like, are you sure you're, you know, you're reporting something very serious. You should be sure about what you're saying before. And I said, yeah, now I'm sure I want to do that. 
they were very impatient because it's a long story so i had to tell everything of course and they were always like <sighs> but then when i was doing making the denounce he the guy who was typing down everything he looked so bored i think in his head he was like oh my god what am i doing this girl is crazy it's totally her fault and this is going nowhere I can't believe I have such a, a, a useful job sometimes. Maria left the police station feeling totally dejected. Well, it, it makes me feel really bad. Sometimes I, I feel like they didn't even want to hear everything I had to say. They were just assuming right away that it's my fault and that I shouldn't report that person. So basically, nothing happened with that report. I think it was just filed, is that how you say? It was just put away. Yeah, I came home really frustrated because I didn't know what I could do to, to punish this person. Maria and Miriam thought going to the police would help them to stop Leonardo. But then when that didn't work, they were on their own. If anything was going to happen now, it was up to them. So Maria went back into online detective mode and back to Leonardo's couchsurfing page. She was surprised to find that even more women were writing bad stuff about what happened to them at his house. So she decided to reach out to them to see if they could team up. So... I had written down the names of the girls who wrote him negative reviews and I looked up for them on Facebook. I found them and I told them that I had a similar story and that I was feeling really bad about it. Here's Maria reading what she wrote to them. Hi girls, I'm writing to you because now we are getting serious about this Leonardo thing and we all really want to do something about this. They were also very upset and feeling really bad, all of them. Some of them had worse stories than mine. He cannot keep doing this to other girls. We have to stop him. It's difficult because until now we don't have the kind of proof we need. But if we stay all together, I think there will be a way to take care of him. So Maria decided to create a secret Facebook group to connect all the women. Please join us if you were drugged slash abused by Leonardo too, or maybe even if you just have something to say about your experience at his place or any helpful hint for us. Please girls, don't let this just go away. Many thanks, Maria. We unfortunately couldn't contact many more girls because I'm so, I'm 100% sure there are so many more out there that we just don't know and they didn't have the courage or didn't feel like they could share or for whatever reason because um, couch surfing then closed his profile and we couldn't have access to other comments and profiles so we could contact them again. Maria named the group Let's Stop Leonardo Girls. It quickly became a safe place where they could all share their traumatic stories about what happened to them in Padua. It was a really powerful thing. And even more than that, it gave them the courage to take this guy down. It was good to be with other girls in the same situation. 
yeah, it felt like we weren't alone in this situation and together we could become stronger to to punish this person because none of the girls had any kind of evidence of what he did. So it felt good to know that we were um, a, a good number of girls together. How many girls, more or less? 14. There's 14 girls in the group. Yeah. 14. There were 14 women in the group who had been drugged, and many of them sexually assaulted by Leonardo. I mean, my story was really bad, but when I read some of them with all the details, and I was feeling really bad for them. One of these women was Olga. So uh, I'm Olga, I'm 25 now, and uh, I'm working as IT specialist. I really love this job. <laughs> yeah, I really like to draw, to travel, and, uh, and swimming, actually. <laughs> yeah. Olga's from Poland, and when she was 20, she and her friend Magda traveled to Italy. And they used couchsurfing to stay with Leonardo in Padua. My first thought, it was uh, that he's really small. <laughs> yeah, because I'm tall, so uh, Italian guys, it was really small for me. Yeah, for Magda as well. When uh, he talked to us, he, he was actually really, really nice. Leonardo showed Olga and Magda around the city all day. He took them out to a nice lunch and dinner and played the part of the gracious host. And they went back to his apartment later that night. Yeah, so uh, we go to the balcony and uh, he gave us uh, wine yeah, and said that it's his home, homemade wine. Uh, he gave us a small skip of vodka and Magda didn't like vodka. But uh, I said, okay, I can try it because he said that it's really amazing. It's Italian vodka. You have to try it. Yeah, so I stand up and go to the kitchen. And after that, I don't uh, remember anything. That's the same kitchen where Maria was standing, holding onto the sink when the drugs hit her. Yeah, so um, after this uh, this moment, I, I couldn't uh, see or think or I don't actually, I don't remember anything from, from that moment. The next thing Olga remembered was so surreal that she thought she was dreaming. I was uh, in Leonardo bed. He was kissing me. And uh, it was really a surprise to me because next to me, uh, Leonardo was on me and he was kissing me. And next to us was his mother doing the crosswords. Uh, I could... Uh, mm, feel her uh, when I will uh, take my hand up or something like that, but I couldn't, of course. But if I will uh, get up my uh, hand, I, I could uh, just uh, feel her. She was really, really close to us. Actually, I don't know why she was sitting there and uh, um, watching what her son is doing now. It's, it's so weird for me. But uh, for that moment, I, I couldn't do anything because 
I still thought that it was my dream. After that, again, I uh, lost my memory. Yeah, but then after that was my uh, second uh, recall. Yeah, and it was that recall when um, uh, Leonardo have sex with me. Yeah, and uh, I I know that in this moment it was really hard to me because even I know that in this second recall I was screaming inside of me. I didn't know what's happening. I wasn't crying outside, but inside I know that I was crying a lot because I was really scared what's happened. I just talked to myself that uh, it wasn't happened, it just was only my dream. The following day, Olga left Padua in a haze, unsure of exactly what just happened. So when she got back to Poland, she messaged Leonardo asking him to explain what he did to her. And he told her, yes, he'd had sex with her. I felt really horrible because uh, now I was aware that everything that uh, I saw uh, at this night, the flash uh, recalls, uh, it wasn't only uh, my nightmare, but it was true. It's stupid to say, but my biggest worriest was that uh, maybe I will be pregnant. And uh, I know that uh, it's, uh, it's stupid, but it wasn't for me because uh, I was young and um, something like having sex, it was really new for me. So that's why I didn't know about protection, about how to do this, how to react, how to do anything uh, with this, uh, this situation. That's why it was my first uh, thought about, oh my God, I, I hope that I won't be pregnant. Because uh, the situation, I'm going home and uh, tell the, to my mother, uh, mom, dad, I'm pregnant with someone who raped me. Olga even asked Leonardo about this, but he didn't engage in any serious kind of way. Instead, he kept sending her manipulative answers. No, don't worry, you're so cute, I love you, and on and on. He said that uh, I, I shouldn't be worried about that because uh, I'm so beautiful and uh, he loves me a lot. So uh, he mm, told me a lot of bullshit, if I can say that. Yeah, because uh, everything was, um, it wasn't true. Olga knew Leonardo had raped her, but she didn't know what she should do about it. So when Maria came along and invited Olga to her secret Facebook group, it came as a huge relief. It was really supporting, so I feel it really great. This group let me to feel comfortable. I mean, I feel like uh, there is someone uh, who can support me because uh, I'm not alone uh, in this uh, in this world. After realizing that it wasn't my fault, 
I felt really angry. The women in the Facebook group gave Olga the extra boost that she needed to report Leonardo to the police back home in Poland. Things seemed to be going really well. The cops listened. They were kind and supportive. But a few weeks later, Olga got a letter in the mail that said her case wasn't going to move forward. They didn't believe her story. Olga felt so defeated. So she went back to the Facebook group and told them what had happened. And they agreed. The police were useless. That's when Olga came up with a radical idea. Yeah, so it was Olga's idea to go again on couchsurfing and and being hosted by Leonardo once more because she was really um, angry about what happened to her. She couldn't accept it. And she, she thought this was a good idea to let herself be drugged by him again and have someone like outside the house that could take her, that could help her if she was unconscious and take her to the hospital right away so she could do some exams and get some actual proof. We started this, we we did all these things and now we, we have to, to go until the end. On Oops! The Podcast, join me, comedian Giulio Gallarotti, as I examine everyday life, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the goals, the jokes, the social engagements, and all things in between. I'm joined every week by producer and personal confidant, Ryan Lynch, various other comedians for witty, candid, and intoxicating conversation. Our listeners love Oops! for sophisticated banter, aka your mom could listen, and many feel like they're in the room with us chopping it up with old pals. You can find every episode of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. I'm Dr. Megan Sachs. And I'm Dr. Amy Sloshberg. And we're the host of the podcast Campus Killings. Our show covers some of the most sinister crimes to take place on or around school campuses, or the cases we discuss have a school connected theme. And with the new school year comes an all new second season of Campus Killings, which will debut on September 16th, 2023. But if you want to listen to Campus Killings now, you can binge all the episodes from season one, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Maria's group, Let's Stop Leonardo Girls, was starting to pick up steam, and they were willing to try almost anything to prove that Leonardo was drugging and raping women. So when Olga came up with this plan to go back to Padua to stay with Leonardo again, to try to catch him in the act, as dangerous as it may sound to you and me, Maria and the other women in the group were in favor of the plan. I was really angry, of course, and this was a short time after this happened to me. I My emotions were very, like, on, on the surface of me, so I I thought it was a good idea. I thought I could also do it. Other girls supported this idea. But there was one person that thought the idea was way too risky. And that was Maria's boyfriend at the time. My name is Arnes. I come from France. 
Uh, I did in Maria during two years, starting from uh, end of 2013. When did you hear about their plan to go back to Italy and to get drugged again? Oh, yes, I remember that. But I was kind of not happy about that uh, kind of idea because it's dangerous. Anything could happen. I don't know. Who knows what what he was able of. So he could have uh, killed them. Anything could happen. I don't know. I tried to take her out of it, but uh, I guess she was not seeing any other solution and she she wanted to handle it. But my feeling was... I was scared about the idea, and I didn't encourage them to do that. I was angry. <laughs> I was angry to see that someone can just abuse of some, someone's uh, trust and do some bad things. We should do something and not let that happen anymore. Arnis wasn't just angry. He was also desperate to find a way to help Maria and the women without putting them in danger. So he encouraged them to take their story to the media. I know the impact that a newspaper can have on people. And then I thought maybe to go to Italy directly. And I tried one newspaper. And then that's how I got the email of uh, Cecilia. He found the contacts of a group of reporters who called themselves the Investigative Reporting Project Italy, or IRPI for short. And he reached out to them. So I'm Cecilia Anesi, and I'm an investigative reporter with IRPI. I usually mainly work on Italian organized crime abroad, but I also work on different issues, including the story on the couchsurfing rapist. Arnis first wrote to Cecilia in October of 2013. The subject line was Abuse of Women by a Carabinieri. And for those who don't know, Carabinieri is an Italian cop. So, dear Miss Anessi, to summarize the whole, all the girls have been invited by a man through the website Couchsurfing. He offered them a place to stay next to Venice. All of them got a blackout in a range from a few hours to... Reading through the email, this guy was quite worried about the fact that some of those girls wanted to go back to Maglio's house and do a sort of undercover reporting themselves just to, like, get evidence. That could have turned very dangerous. Today I'm afraid of some talk from one of the two girls because they said that they wanted to go there once more in Padova, in the man's house, in order to get some evidence about the guilt. When I first got the email, I was skeptical because the story looked too crazy to be real. Do you really think that something could be done against this person? If yes, could you maybe help us out by providing us the steps to do so? I thank you a lot for your time and consideration about this case. Kind regards, Arnes. Cecilia works with two other reporters, Alessia and Giulio. She shared the email with them immediately. I'm Alessia Cerantola. I'm an investigative reporter working with uh, IRPI. And for me, this time it was the first uh, having to investigate uh, a case of uh, sexual uh, abuse. Reading Arnis's email, the scale of what he was describing struck Alessia immediately. So we have um, 
serial rapist who is also a policeman. Uh, we have uh, an international story. Uh, we have um, different social media involved. So we have couch surfing, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, and also we have the journalists. My name is Giulio Rubino. I'm an investigative journalist at IRPI, and um, I normally work on organized crime, drug trafficking. So this story is kind of an unusual one for me. It's not surprising that they had to help themselves. It's sad, but um, it's a, it's a well-known pattern that this kind of uh, situations are very often taken far too lightly by law enforcement and young women are very rarely taken as seriously as they should. Why don't you tell us, Cecilia, tell us your initial reaction to receiving that email from Maria's boyfriend. I remember, you know, sitting in, in, in Julia's apartment and reading that email together and, and we were just like, uh, what is this all about? It did not look real. It just felt like too, like science fiction, really. And we were like, so here there is two hypo- hypotheses. One is it's a fake uh, but then while a faker will send it to IRPI, that is a very small, you know, media center, why, why would you do even the effort to, like, get us involved? And the other option is that this whole thing is true. So we decided, okay, let's look into that. You know, let's talk to these people and see what happens. Nobody thought that the women were lying to us. I mean, me, at the very beginning, I, I wasn't sure that they were real, which is very different. the reporters started to realize this was no hoax. I remember at uh, Julia's place, Cecilia showed us the the pictures that she received from uh, one of the girls. And we discussed a lot about that. So should we uh, go after this story? What should should we do with this material? And uh, what should, should be the best way for investigated this kind of thing, which was quite different from what we usually do at IRPI. So it was not a case of uh, organized crime or uh, corruption. And uh, one of the things that came out was that uh, we had to act first as citizens instead of journalists at that time. We start asking for evidence and start asking for them to email us their story. But on the moment we started getting this story is true, we figured out that that was actually real. Yeah. Yeah, no, for me, it was the same. The, the moment of belief, the, the moment I started really believing this story came when we realized that the sources were multiple, were independent, and uh, each one was perfectly in line with everything everybody else was saying. And that's where, well, that, that's, that, that was a change in sensation. And when you talked to the survivors and you realized this story was true, how did you feel then? Well, I felt a certain certain sense of urgency, the need to do something, right? To act. My sense of justice is one of the reasons why I do the job I do. So it's like pretty strong in me. And then this was like clearly a wrong that we should try and right somehow. The Irpi reporters all agreed they wanted to get to the bottom of what Leonardo had done to these women. But they had to be clever about it. 
because after all, he was a cop. We were used to investigate other cases involving organized crime in Italy, so we didn't think that it was so dangerous compared to other cases we were used to to cover. And uh, the only thing was that he was a, a policeman, a carabiniere, but someone has to do it. So we took the case despite the risk. But I think at the beginning we didn't realize that much there was uh, such a big risk. Uh, I think it came after when we realized what kind of person Maglio was. Uh, and the more we investigate him, the more we realize how dangerous he is. Next time on Verified. The reporters dig into Leonardo's methods. These people chase the mafia for a living. And even they aren't prepared for what they find. Everybody has seen so many movies and TV series that we think we know what a twisted mind looks like. But honestly, getting close to this case, it was shocking. It was very real, very terrifying. Deeply twisted. I'm Natasha Del Toro, and this is Verified. This season of Verified is reported by Alessia Tarantula. Cecilia Onassi, and Giulio Rubino of IRPI, Investigative Reporting Project Italy. It's written and produced by me, Natasha Del Toro, Suzanne Reber, senior producer Dan Bloom, Bruce Edwards, Rachel Aronoff, Joey Fishground, and Shreya Nandi. Additional production by Grant Hill. Our editors are Peter Clowney, Gianna Palmer, and Ellen Weiss. Engineering by Casey Holford, Bruce Edwards, and Robin Wise. Our theme and original music are by Allison Leighton Brown. Special thanks to Andrew Haig for our collaboration with Ground Source. We are particularly grateful to the many women who spoke with us, both on and off the microphone, and trusted us to tell their story. Verified is created by Suzanne Reber and executive produced by Suzanne Reber, Ellen Weiss, Peter Clowney, and Chris Bannon. The show is produced by Scripps Washington Bureau in collaboration with Witness Docs, a Stitcher network. There's so much more for you to discover about this story and what's coming up on the show. You can find us on Twitter at Verpod and at VerifiedPod on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can write to us at VerifiedPod at Stitcher.com. If you like the show and believe in this kind of storytelling, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It'll help more people discover Verified. Thanks for listening. <laughs>